This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. Kurt Angle won an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. And he wrestled in WWE for several years. And now is with Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. So how do you argue with him? I didn't argue with him. I argued, about, I argued with you. About his... His will to win. Decoupage, as it were. <laughs> that was not even, cl- that's not even close to the right word. Are you that's, sure? Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. Good. Although I do think decoupage needs to be used more in, in uh, normal conversation. For instance, for instance, my, uh, my normal order at Panera consists of a medium coffee and a decoupage. Are you making that up? No. That, again, I am using it correctly. I don't think that if a dish is called decoupage at Panera Bread, that's necessarily... No, that is what a decoupage is. I don't think that's where the term originated. Well, no, it's a, well, it's a breakfast dish, which is probably why you're not familiar with it, right? Because, you know, you're more probably of a lunch Panera person. But the breakfast at Panera, you know, they've got those little souffles, and then next to those are the decoupages. Uh, decoupage, actually, is the correct plural. Is it decoupage? That is ridiculous. Well, you can order a decoupage in Kokori Forest. And we're done. This episode sponsored by Panera Bread, everybody. And, Panera. And Deku. Please sponsor us. And Decoupage. And Deku Pie. <laughs> Deku Pie, not to be confused with Zora Pie. Correct. So, uh, listener, by now you obviously know that you are listening to Unqualified, a video game podcast. Uh, We're two guys who have no business professionally talking about video games. Instead, have amateur conversations about video games, which ironically are often more genuine than the quote-unquote professional conversations. Exactly. Now you understand exactly what I'm saying. That is one of the very few things that our podcast shares with wrestling. That and that and the just jacked-up dudes, because let's be honest, we are jacked-up dudes. Oh my god, that was a flawless segue into what we did this weekend. You, you, you jacked up? I did steroids. That's incredible. Yeah, I shot him up with a needle. I'm huge now, dude. I look like Bautista. I don't, okay, so I don't know who that is. Uh, <laughs> so you shot up steroids this weekend? No, none of those things happened. Uh, there were several needles involved with my weekend, but that's par for the course for me. <laughs> hey, yo. So what did you do this um, weekend? I worked out. I went to the gym on Friday for the first time in nearly two months. Was the next day the worst Sunday was the worst. That's always the worst thing for me about when I like when I don't do a, any type of lifting of any kind um, for a long time, and then I go to the gym. That next day after that first lift is always the worst because every muscle hurts that you worked on. See, and for me, it's never the next day. It's always the day after that, or possibly the second day after that, depending on what I've worked out and how I've worked it out. So, Saturday was fine. I mean, it was a little sore. I could feel it. And then Sunday, I was, like, pretty sore. And then Monday, parts of me were more sore, parts of me were less, whatever. But um, it was good. And, listener, you may not know this because 
I haven't been going to the gym since we started doing the podcast again. But back before two months ago, when I was going, I was going very regularly, uh, really like into getting in shape and stuff like that. I can do chin-ups. Wait, chin-ups or pull-ups? I believe they are the same thing. No, 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 no. Chin-ups, I, one is overhand and one is underhand, I believe. I thought one was an, it, it doesn't matter. There is a difference. It doesn't though. make a bit of difference. It does, though, because, see, what I want to be able to do is wide grip overhand pull-ups, which is the hardest of the raise your body with two arms uh, gambits. Of the, of the two or, pull-ups, it is the hardest. No, there's underhand and there's overhand, and then there's closed grip, neutral grip, and wide grip. There's like ten variations right there. That was not even close. First of all, that wasn't even close to ten. It was at least three, which is like a third of the way to ten. Okay, so you you went to the gym and it was awesome. So now you're and then you did steroids and now you're just jacked, right? Well, I didn't. I didn't. I forgot to do steroids because I forgot to break the law. You way screwed it up then if you didn't do the steroids because that's what makes going to the gym more effective. But see, I also watched the consequences of breaking the law when I saw the series finale of Breaking Bad, which I know you haven't watched any of season five yet. I heard but, I heard that it actually ended in a way that people were not upset, which not many shows do anymore. So I, I think there was a small majority of small majority, yes, very good. A small minor a small minority of people that didn't like it, but for the most part I think it was pretty it was pretty much accepted as a great finale. Is that kinda how you felt? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I I was I was almost taken aback with how satisfied I felt afterwards. Yeah, because, because typically shows do not end well anymore. Or to, well, it's hard to end a show, right? I mean, let's be honest. It's really fucking hard to end a show, especially a good show. Yeah, you could say. Yeah, I guess you could say that. What I think helps Breaking Bad is Vince Gilligan, the executive producer, has gone on record uh, quite a bit saying that he really subscribes to uh, Chekhov's knife. Have you heard this? Um. The knife he used in Season 2, Episode 3 of Star Trek The Original Series? So Chekhov's knife is... The original Chekhov, the, the playwright, said if you have a knife on the set, you have to use it. If you introduce an, a concept or an object or something, then you have to use it. So he was not a believer in red herrings. He was a really big believer in foreshadowing and... Do not include something unless there is a specific purpose. If you're writing a book and you say that there is a loaf of bread on the table, then that loaf of bread needs to be significant in some way to the plot. So basically the opposite of George R.R. R. Martin, who just writes about food a lot, There's a lot among of, other there's things. There's a lot of food. It's, it sounds like delicious food, though. It does. Oh, man. Honeyed cakes and dream wine. Sign me up. <laughs> but uh, so I think... In that way, it it kind of set Breaking Bad up throughout the whole series is not predictable by any means because the characters are so dynamic and their relationships are so complicated. Uh, but I feel like it leaves less opportunity for the writers to randomly swerve in directions that will leave the viewers kind of like, what? Kind of confused? 
Maybe that has nothing to do with it. Anyway, I just read a bunch about it, and now it I just It could just be that it's badass writing, but you do sound really smart. My God. Thank you. You sound yes. so smart. Yes, Chekhov. Next week, Dostoevsky. So, I forgot to say my name is Cody. Yeah, and my name is John, um, And but you've probably heard us before. But if it is your first time, welcome. Uh, this, is a sa- this is a safe place for some of us. We should just sprinkle in explaining the podcast throughout the podcast so like now is your turn to talk about your weekend before we go into what our what our fans were playing this weekend and then the other video game content which i won't talk about now because i have to talk about it later now so later now is now and uh, is it no it's not it'll be soon um so I like now I have a dirty no a little bit later I have a dirty okay. uh, filthy secret about my hobbies. Are you ready? Uh, okay, yeah. I need you to take a deep breath. No, I took my pants off. Okay, video. Okay, start. Okay, so video games uh, are are not my favorite hobby. You fucking son of a bitch. That is why I'm unqualified to be on this podcast. Motherfucker, what the fucking shit? So my first love and my one, my true love, um, (sighs) my true love of loves in my heart of hearts is, uh, are board games, right? So anybody that knows anything about me, um, uh, knows that they are the nearest and dearest kind of group activities to my heart. Um, I went through a period of time when I was in, uh, in grad school, um, where I had some friends who, you know, my, my, my wife now, but girlfriend, then, uh, we were in a long distance relationship. So we didn't get to see each other all that often because I was in Chicago. She was in Minnesota and I made some really good friends down when I was in Chicago who played a lot of board games. Um, and when I say a lot of board games, I mean that I would be over at my buddy's house sometimes three or four times a week playing games. Um, and I didn't realize just how much I liked board games until uh, I started I started playing them playing them at that point. And I'll tell you what it is. it is it has nothing to do with the game itself. Now that, that it that is a great thing like like and and the board games we're talking about here let me step back for just a second the board games i'm talking about are are board games of significant length or mental acuity girth sure and every, they are girth we all know that girth is more important right so um but but these are games i mean and and you'll see developers or uh board game designers from you know Fantasy Flight is a really big board gaming company that I really enjoy the games of. Z-Man, Z-Man games, if you've ever heard of that. Some Mayfair games, Real Grand games. These are these are board game companies that I really there are they have many games that I like. Um, so if you know anything about board games, you know that those companies do make significantly more intense board games than your average person thinks of when they think of like their Scrabble or their Monopoly, right? So. That is my that is my one true love, and I would I would play board games three four times a week. There were board games that we would play that would take anywhere from six to twelve hours. That it would be a, it would be it would be an event. Like it would be, it would not be a hey, do you want to come over and play a board game? It's like hey, in three weeks we're going to have a night where we play this one epic board game. So, um, 
just fell in love with board games at that point. And I'll tell you what it is about board games. It's completely the social aspect of them. It's the sitting around the table, uh, talking to other people, giving each other shit, catching up with people while you're doing it. Like just, just hanging out with friends and it gives you an excuse to hang out for a long period of time, you know? Um, so I had some friends up, uh, over the weekend and they hung out here and we basically just played board games the entire time. And it was very reminiscent of times where we would like get together and play, you know, uh, Smash Brothers, right? Because it was us sitting around for six hours playing, playing the same game, but we were not together to play Smash Brothers. That is not why we got together. Right. We got together to be with each other. Definitely. And that's, that is very much how I feel about board games. Now, as I have grown older, the opportunities to take it, you know, to, to play those, play board games in, of a significant length in, with any frequency has gone way down. I just can't, there's not enough time anymore to do that, especially with like working a full-time job. Um, so I try my hardest to take advantage of those opportunities as frequently as I can. So when a couple, a couple friends wanted to come up for a few days and actually requested to come up and was like, Hey, we can, you know, come up and do our normal like weekend thing that we've done like once a year ish. I was like, heck yeah, sign me up. Um, so, that is what I did. So pretty much all weekend, I would say, you know, of the three days of my weekend, two full days were probably spent playing board games. And it was awesome. It was awesome. It's like the one one break I would take in terms of doing something fun for myself from video games would be doing board games. So uh, did that all weekend. That was wonderful. That was my weekend. Good. I uh, when I and I also got to watch the Vikings win, so that was also awesome. I cannot f-ing stand the Vikings. Mm, I feel like you shouldn't be able to stand the Bears a lot more than the Vikings. Yeah, everyone says that. We, I've been. O- I feel like we've been over this on the podcast. I, I'm a I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and I live in Chicago. All right, whatever. Sacrilege. Ah, no, you got a lot of Green Bay fans there. Th- there are a lot of Green Bay fans in Chicago. There's a uh, there's a Green Bay bar right in Lakeview, very hip spot, uh, about a half uh, half mile to a mile south of Wrigley Field, and it's a Packers bar. And man, damned if you can get. I mean, you're lucky if you can get a table two hours before the game. Right, exactly. Sometimes three. It's, it's so, so. There's a lot of Packers fans down here. Uh, and back when Favre defected to the Vikings. It was around that time. I was in college, and I had a friend that was a Vikings fan, and he was just the biggest piece of trash. He was just he was just a jerk all the time, and I couldn't stand him. And then they got Favre, and then they you know they kept beating the Packers. It was not fun. Did they almost won that year? I know they did awesome, and it got to a point where I was rooting for Brett Favre just because I'm like the guy's really old. It'd be cool to see him get one more Super Bowl ring, and then. <laughs> You know, we had that tackle on the ice where it looked like that guy nearly, literally killed him on the field. I don't know if you remember the last time Favre was ever tackled. I do. Yeah, it was some rookie. What team were they playing? I don't even remember. I don't even remember, but it was some rookie on that team. It was like his first tackle in the NFL, and he 
He he bear hugged Favre around the arms, so his arms were at his side. So Favre couldn't even move his arms to brace for impact. And the guy like steps a couple steps with him and just like half twists and just slams him into the ground. And it was icy. It was like a freezing cold day. And you could see Favre's head just bounce against the ground. I think to this day it is the most violent tackle I have ever seen. And uh, and after that, it was funny because you know Favre had some gray hairs at that point. He took his helmet off and he looked like he had aged ten years in that moment. And then he knew it was over. Um, but anyway, because of that whole incident, that whole era, I, I just can't stand the Vikings. And I, they've got a rivalry with the Packers too. Why are we talking about football? Uh, My God, football's a game. It's, no, it's a video game podcast. Uh, Madden. So in Madden, when Brett Favre went to... Right, right, right. You know, uh, you did get to go on a 45-minute-long tangent about board games. Hey, I mean, I mean I, they are they are a type of game. And they're, they and they're are? awesome. They're fucking awesome. No, they're great. No, they're, I mean, you know, when I asked you how your weekend was, I am thrilled you instead gave me your, your life fucking stories. But, uh, you know, who am I to have? Who might have stopped you? Hey, our listener doesn't know enough about me, and now they know more, okay? No, our listener knows everything our about listener, you. What was your social security number? Our listener number actually again? does know a lot about me. Um, so, it can be surprising. So, yeah, the weekend was great. Yeah, uh, I wanted to segue you into, uh, before we talk about the actual video games, the fans, oh, our fans, we have to talk about what they played. By the way, this is episode 42. Yeah, and we have been... Um, we have been recording the podcast now with like a, a a normalcy, which is awesome. Yeah, over two months now of, uh, of of frequency. So there's there's me peppering in more about the podcast as we go. But uh, one thing I, I left out before uh, we move on past board games is when I talked about going to the gym. One of my favorite things about going to the gym is when you're sore the next day on a Saturday or Sunday and you lay around playing video games all day. Your body's recovering, so you're not totally wasting your time. Yeah, I mean, you have to do that, right? You have to. You're too sore to do anything. It's it's great. Video games are required in that case. Yeah, it is. So pay off good returns. Uh, And your point about board games, board games are like video games. So let's talk about what our fans played this weekend. My my transitions are, are spot on. No, they're spot on. That was perfect. They're barely even, like... They're not even transitions at this. No, that was terrible. At this point, they're so bad. Really bad. You know, I was at work until one thirty in the morning Monday night. Who the hell works till one thirty in the morning? I don't know. So our fan Nora was playing Portal and probably. Oh, oops. What well, now? I her comment ends with, "But I don't need a shout out," and now I don't know what to do. Oh, you you are you've done it. You you've ruined it. Because. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Well, I, it's over. It's done. We will move on. So she, well, she's she playing said she's be playing Portal and probably another game. But do, so do I say the other game? So it's because if I don't, then it's a half. Yes, no. Complete this. Complete this. Complete this. But thought. if we do a half shout out, then we're compromising, right? So do the full. Do the full shout out. We don't compromise on this show. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She'll be playing Portal and po- probably Halo. So throwback. That is a way. That is a way throwback. Both of those games are throwbacks. But which? But they're both good. They are. Well, I haven't played Halo, so I don't know. But um, I, Portal was wonderful. Yeah. Well, you're too busy playing board games. Uh, <laughs> John is going to play Fallout Three again, and maybe a bit of Dragon Slaying and Skyrim. Oh my god, I loved Fallout Three, which is weird because I could not get into New Vegas. 
You know, I I bought Fallout. I don't care about New Vegas. I bought Fallout 3 on PS3 because it was on sale or I traded in something and it was there. I haven't opened it yet. Yeah, it's a it's a significant time commitment. So that's what I thought. It is. It is like a Borderlands kind of thing. Well, I mean, you're you're talking about yeah, even more so than that though. It's very it's very open world exploration. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. But it's real. It's really good. Very well done. Like open world, like GTA Five. No, no open world like Skyrim. Oh, okay. I never played Skyrim. Um, and our uh, one more fan commented: Link Hylia is his full name. That's crazy. I know. Uh, is playing Minecraft and Zelda. I can't believe he listens to this show. I can't. <laughs> I'm shocked. You know, Minecraft's going to be one of those games um, that's. It, it is like trans. It's almost like transcendent of video games at this point because it's it's like a game. It's like a game. It's the le, it's the new Legos for kids. Oh my god, that was um, that was really astute of you. Yeah, it is. Actually, I mean, it is. It's like a, it's like an electronic Legos, right? So no, it, it totally is. I just never thought of yeah, it. Yeah, like and you that. just so so you've just got these crazy large worlds that kids have access to. You know, to be able to build now and. I don't I don't have a lot of interaction with with kids in like the 8 to 12 year old range but from what I've heard it is like the biggest thing among among kids of that age. Yeah. So I I think it's awesome. I mean that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, the things people have made are so insane. They are. They're absolutely crazy. And the people that love that game love that game. Love that game and can sit there for hours and just make stuff. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is cool. The game is cool, but it's not never something I would be interested in. Not that cr- <laughs> not creative enough. I pretty much agree with you. Uh so, um since who wants to go first? So, what did you play? Because you have to keep in mind my board or my board game was uh full of my weekend. So, um that sentence didn't make a bit of difference, guys. So the balls are inert. Yeah. So my, I mean, my weekend was kind of was kind of full of that. No, that sentence really didn't make it any didn't sense. Didn't make any sense. But you knew what I was saying. Um, I, I actually knew that I was saying that incorrectly. I didn't know I was saying that incorrectly. I don't actually know okay. what I'm saying anymore. Uh, so what did you play? I was, wait. Did you play anything this week? I have actually. I have played something that I've wanted to talk about for a while. That I've been uh, going through a little bit at a time. Oh well, maybe I'll talk about something I played a while ago. No, but I'm still I'm still playing it actively. Like I still I still play it three four times a week. Is it awesome, nuts? No, because we've talked we've talked about that. Um, okay, then we'll talk about your thing later. I played. Well, first of all, over the weekend, I is Wind Waker done? Are we done with Wind Waker? Did you finish it? I have not finished it. Uh, I was so slammed at work the last week. Again, staying till 1.30 in the morning, Monday night. Uh, I've been so slammed, I, I've barely had time to touch it. I did play some of it over the weekend. But Friday, Friday I left work a little early to go to the gym and then play some games. I played Wind Waker for a long time, and then... I don't want to say I was getting burned out on it, but I, I kind of... Ch- I had plans later Friday night. So I didn't want to, like, get into a dungeon, you know? And, like, get into the middle of a thing. You have to, like, suspend yourself, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And then have to stop. So instead, I just kind of did a lot of side quests. I filled out my map. I sailed around a lot. I got a couple pieces of heart. I got some rupees. I got the speed sail, which is awesome. Um, so I did a lot of stuff, you know. And after like three or four hours, my plans just kept getting pushed back. And and finally, I was like, I didn't want to get. I didn't think I'd get burned out, but I didn't really want to keep playing and then get burned out. Not to mention doing doing nothing but side quests in most games is not usually the most fun way to play the games. Yeah, unless you're playing Blitzball or Chocobo Hot and Cold or Triple Triad, and even then sometimes. Exactly. Um, yeah, you're not you. They're best in moderation. They're side quests for a reason. Exactly. So I. I abandoned that and looked at my Steam library, and the week prior, I had picked up Bastion on sale, which for like four bucks. Which, we, which, if you have, which, if the, again, if this is like one of your first episodes, listener, I gave a glowing review to a, just a few episodes ago. Um, yeah. So I absolutely loved that game. Yeah. So I won't review review it right now, but I I just to kind of build upon what you mentioned in your review in a previous podcast. Uh, it is, it's much more than meets the eye. It was a much better game than I initially thought on the surface. Um, I initially thought it was just kind of a beat em up, just kind of a button masher or whatever. There is much more skill than that. So you did um, finish it? I did. I played the whole thing. I played six or seven hours on Saturday morning and then a couple more Saturday night, and I think I beat it. I beat it Sunday while I was waiting to watch Breaking Bad. That is awesome. Yeah. So I beat the whole thing in one weekend, and it's a good eight to nine hours, I would say. Well, I did everything. I complete. I did a hundred percent completion. Wow. So you got you did the hundred percent completion with the uh, the the trial things too. The, all of the trials. I got first place in all of the trials. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, I did not have the patience for that. But if you did it nine hours, I'm impressed. Yeah, a couple of them were quite, quite frustrating. Um, so for, John mentioned this in another podcast. So again, I won't go into a ton of detail, but there's like 12 different weapons in the game. Or uh, 4, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, about 12, 12 or 13. And for each one, when you open up a new area, you get a new like uh, shooting range or weapon testing range area. And you can go and complete a challenge, like kill 30 enemies with this weapon in 20 seconds or destroy every piece of debris in this area in 30 seconds, stuff like that. And you can get you get prizes for them, third prize, second prize, and of course first prize is, is very challenging for some. But I found that if you upgrade the weapons the right way, if you upgrade that weapon, that gives you kind of an edge and helps you kind of cheat a little bit to do those i think the i think you're supposed to have to upgrade them to be honest some of them definitely yeah. uh, there were a couple where i beat it on the first try like there were two weapons i don't remember which ones and i just beat them on the first try and i was like really sure okay um you raised the concern that you thought it was hard to fully appreciate the variety of weapons in the game because like, let's say you upgrade the first and second weapon you have to make them really strong. Exactly. I found it very easy to fall in love with, with like, a kit of items and then just stick with that kit. Yes. And then you pick up one later and you can spend all your money to upgrade it. But 
it, it could be harder. I think probably because I did all of those optional side deals, I didn't have that problem at all. And I actually used every weapon except for the pole. There's like a spear. That one was stupid. But um, I mained the katana for my melee weapon. The machete? The machete, yes. Okay. There's, there's there's three melee weapons. There's the hammer, the machete, and then some kind of like pole thing. There may be another one. I, I don't remember. But um, I ended up using that one more than the hammer, but switched it up a couple times. And I used every projectile, almost every projectile weapon pretty interchangeably. Sure. So maybe it was just because I did the side quests. Um, but uh, to your point, the narration is fantastic. Uh, you know, the, the art style is really good. Supergiant Games, where is your next game? It's coming. It's called Transistor. I think I actually may have mentioned it. They showed it off at uh, at E3, and it has, a, it has a different art style from Bastion, but it's in the same perspective. Um, okay. And I don't know anything else about it off the top of my head, but they've announced some stuff about it. But yes, they will be, they are coming out with a new game. And when they announced that I was, yeah. Or when I found out it was them, I was pumped. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Um, it's coming. It's coming. Well, I love the game and, uh, and listener, whether you are, would like to buy the game or not, listen to the soundtrack. My God. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. And, and to be fair, the soundtrack by itself, I'm sure, is awesome. But if you are able to put some of the tracks in context, because the music actually plays a specific role in the game. True. So if you're able to put the, the music that you hear in context, it actually makes it even better. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that goes for almost any soundtrack you listen to. Um, but I was a huge fan. Great game. Uh, go ahead and download it if you can. It, it, you know, when it goes on sale for Steam, you can get it for like so cheap because it's Steam. Oh god! I think. And speaking, I mean, I think on the sale it was three, three bucks. It was. I think it was three, three or not to four mention. Maybe. I think you got it from the hum- humble indie bundle, which was six dollars for you know eight games or something like. Oh my that. god! That's right. I did. I forgot. Yeah, I got it in the Humble Indie Bundle that came with FTL and Limbo. Oh, my God. And, yeah. like... It's outrageous. Sport. By the way, listener, if you are not subscribed to the Humble Indie Bundle's uh, weekly email letter, you need to do that. So go Google. I think it's HumbleBundle.com. If yeah. it's not that, just Google Humble Indie Bundle. Go to uh, the first website you find, and every week... They come out with a new bundle where, uh, if you don't know anything about it, you just pay an amount of money that you feel is fair for whatever they have listed, and you get DRM-free versions of each of the games, including a Steam activation code. So if you want to activate it on Steam, you can, but you also have DRM-free versions of the game. A lot of time, you'll get the soundtracks to games. Um, And then if you pay over the average from what everybody else has paid... Uh, you get like usually like two extra games <clears throat> on top of it, uh, and those two extra games are usually really good. So yeah, and over the average is like it's it's almost always under six bucks. Yeah, for the whole thing. Yeah, and you get to allocate where the money goes. So you can put some money towards developers, some money towards a charity, um, because it all goes towards child's play. So that's kind of cool too. So if you don't know, if you don't, if you are not subscribed to the humble indie bundle newsletter. Highly recommend you do that because you can get some ridiculous deals on games. Yes. 
And speaking of ridiculous deals, I cannot believe we didn't lead with this. The steam machine. Yeah, well, it's so it's not just a steam machine, right? Um, I mean, it's steam machines. It is a concept. So what? Yeah. So so steam announced a couple of things this past week. They had like a valve. I'm sorry. Yes, valve. Interchangeable to me. Um, Gabe Newell. Right. So Valve announced three different things uh, over the course of this past week. They announced uh, – the first thing they announced was an operating system, which is – if you've been on Steam at all and you've used like big picture mode, it's it's pretty unsurprising. I mean, um, you know, an operating system, when you think about it in like a PC sense, sounds like a big deal. But t- like technically the Xbox is – you know, dashboard, their infrastructure, that's an operating system. And the the PlayStation 3's interface, that's an operating system. So I think really that's that's kind of what the Steam operating system is going to be. Now, that being said, they just came out and said it's going to be hackable, moddable, everything. So um, they are all four people getting in there, messing around with the code and making it however they want uh, because it's going to be Linux-based. Um, so that's interesting. I don't know anything about Linux, do you? No, I don't. I just know that it's it's an it's open source, so kind of anybody can mess around with it. Um, All right. So that was the first thing that they that they announced. I think that was Monday. The second thing they announced uh, on Wednesday was Steam machines, and this is something that's been rumored for a long time. Um, and the the only information that really we have so far is that it's going to be a a group of devices. So it's not just one device. It's not like it's not like Valve is making a machine. It's going to be a group of devices um, that I'm assuming are going to be contracted out to, you know, uh, Dell and... Uh, fuck, what other companies are there anymore that make PCs? Gateway. Gateway. And, you know... Magnavox. <laughs> it's so... Sorny. Uh, there's going to be there. So there's, I think they're going to contract out these steam machines to these people and they're going to be able to make them and they're going to be boxes. They're going to be consoles for your TV, but they're going to run the steam operating system, but they're going to come in different specifications. So it's not just going to be like a one size fits all computer. It's going to be like a PC. Um, the, what I'm thinking is that they're going, it's going to be like a PC only it's going to be cheaper because otherwise, why would you just buy a PC? Right. And put it right. and put it in your living room. So there's got to be some sort of incentive for what they're for the the reason they're doing this, and that's what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a little bit cheaper. Um, so anyway, they announced steam machines, and again, we don't know like anything about them. I, I I expect we'll hear a little bit more about them once they get the specific companies on board that are going to be doing this. Um, so that was that was second, and then the third thing, and probably. I think arguably for me the most interesting thing is this controller. And I I mean most people don't get don't get all that excited about a controller, but this controller is so different from anything that I have seen before. And Valve makes bad things so infrequently that like I can't help but get excited about it because it is so different and then it is and it's a Valve made product, right? So this controller, if you haven't seen it yet, uses haptic interface. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But basically, the controller does not have joysticks. So it looks like a normal controller that you would hold with two hands, only instead of 
joystick or buttons, so or even faceplate buttons. It's just two pads. And from what I understand, and I am by no means an expert in this, I could be completely wrong when I talk about this, but... You could say you're unqualified? There's going to be force feedback in these devices. There's not going to be any actual solid anything in them. There's going to be some sort of... I don't know if it's going to be like electrical impulse or if it's going to be I just just pressure. I just I have absolutely no idea. But the the idea is that like the right pad will be able to simulate buttons by giving you force feedback in a I don't know, like in a cross. So like the top would be one button, the bottom would be another button, but there wouldn't actually be any buttons there. It would just be feedback that the controller was giving you to give you the illusion that there were buttons there. And I heard Inspector Gadget has actually been hired on and contracted to explain Touch the, the buttons. buttons. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it just, and again, it sounds like such like this weird concept, weird pipe dream type thing, but it's, it's Valve making it. It's going to be a Valve product. And like, yeah. that's, again, they just don't make bad stuff. And like, they, they put their name on stuff of significance. Yeah. So, um I can't help but be excited about it. Like what like what if this turns out to be like the next user interface type thing, you know? And and hopefully they'll come out with some sort of proof of concept um to give us an idea of exactly the kind of the possibilities of this. And you know, yeah. new, stuff is going to come out in the near future where people where people will talk about it and it's going to be great. So, um yeah, really looking forward to that. But those were like the three big things that that Steam there that Valve announced. I don't know. What do you think? I think the design looks fine. I mean, it's it certainly is no Nintendo sixty four controller. Sure, really, the evolution of ergonomics. I don't. I still to this day maintain that that was a fine controller, even though you think it's an abomination. It was kind of an abomination. <laughs> it worked. I don't know. Whatever. Um, you know what they're calling? Do you know what Valve is calling the new controller? No. Half-Life 3. <laughs> well done. Half-Life 3 announced. Thank you. Half-Life 3 confirmed, everybody. Right here on this show, world exclusive. World, it was, it world was confirmed exclusive. on this show, on Unqualified Video Game Podcast. We are unqualified to confirm Half-Life 3. I mean, the show's, the show's been growing. It only makes sense they'd announce it here. It's true. It's taking, yeah. I'm in with Gabe. What can I say? He's in one of our Google Plus circles. Yeah, that's incredible. I know. Just saying. He drops us. He drops us emails every once in a while too. Kind of a nice. Yeah, every once in a while at unqualifiedpodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, that's right. He's a nice guy. So, I, so I don't know. I'm. I feel like. Are you cautiously optimistic? Like, is this is this something that you're having a hard time just getting excited about at all? Or it, it's a. I'm in my mind when Valve said. We're introducing a new way that people... We're making it so you can buy a box, plug it into your TV, use our controller, and play our video games. Yeah. I don't understand how that wasn't the biggest video game news in the last five years. I, like I know it's big, but well, it's probably because people have been like people that are that are Steam savvy have been doing that already with their PCs, and and that I get. But okay, so you and I are Steam savvy, and you and neither you nor I plan on purchasing 
a PS4 or an Xbox One in the near future, right? Sure. Because we know almost every good game that comes out on those consoles will be available on Steam for cheaper. Right, and we have PCs attached to our TVs. Yeah, and we have PCs attached to our TVs. So, to us, we're not even really, like... There is a line between console gamers and PC gamers. There is a certain savviness and a certain education and a certain price point that that is required to be... On the PC gaming side. That's very true. Uh, I mean, traditionally, PCs are much more expensive than consoles. The gap has been closing, certainly, over the past few generations. But Sure. Um, but, yeah, that is correct. So and it's still there. And this changes that. Like, Hopefully. This changes... How can it not, though? I mean... Yeah, I, like I said, I can't imagine that Valve is going to announce, you know, an $800 Steam box. Because you can build a PC for $800 that will play a majority of the games on Steam. Exactly. You know, Toshiba uh, comes out with a $150, $200, $250 box that just has an HDMI output. Plug it into your TV, pop in the controller, and buy, buy games for a third, a fourth, a fifth the price you're paying on consoles... Like, with they, all of the other advantages of Steam, you know the big the big sales, um, like just oh, yeah. the, the user friendliness of it. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, if if Valve markets this right, if Valve just puts all of their money into marketing and educating the public on the benefits of Steam machines, I think it could put Sony and Microsoft out of the console market. Like, not even exaggerating. Like, this could be it. Yeah, it definitely, it depends on how much traction they can they can get with this. I mean, I think I think that that's kind of always been the down-the-road possibility to begin with. I mean, we see that, like, the new consoles are going to be they're, they're all they're all working off of off of the same architecture now. So, um, you know, it, Xbox 360 ran off of PowerPC, which was, you know, we were just having a discussion about this this weekend. X, uh, Xbox 360 runs off of PowerPC, which is the old Apple infrastructure. Yes. And so, and PS3 runs off this weird cell processing thing that never gained any kind of, any kind of, uh, steam. <laughs> 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 So it, so it never gained it never gained any kind of any kind of steam and and developers don't really <laughs> Sorry what? And developers didn't really want to use it uh because they couldn't they couldn't fully fully realize the potential of that machine without spending like ridiculous amounts of money. Well, the Xbox 1 and the PS4 are both working off of the Think it's called the, and I don't know much about programming or computers really at all, but it's working off of the x86 kernel, which is the standard Windows architecture that gets used now for all things Windows. Yeah, everybody knows that. So I think they're they're all going to be they're all going to be developed on like the same infrastructure now, whereas before PC was different than 360 was different from PS3. So making everything multi-platform 
was a little bit trickier than I think it's going to be in this next generation. So that just me that just is going to lower the barrier of entry to get into PC gaming because before PC gaming has been just such a different thing. Well, now it's all going to be the same infrastructure. So I think we are going to see a lot more games coming out on PC at the same time as they do other as they do like the the console games whereas before that was never the case. Yeah, you had to wait. Yeah, and we've been seeing that a lot more with this the end of this console generation too, where you'll get games released on all platforms and Steam will be 10 bucks less. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of the time it's like, well, why wouldn't I buy it on Steam, right? Yeah, so I that's my point of view. My point of view is I heard that and I was like go home. We're done. This is it. Yeah. This is the future of 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 video gaming. Separate of course from Nintendo, who is just off in their own world doing their own thing. <laughs> who is off in their Nintendo is like the John Cena of video games. I think we can all agree on that. Let me explain this. John Cena is the face of the WWE. He's superstar with the biggest push. Okay. There was a time last year when CM Punk was the WWE champion for over 400 days. Everybody knows this. I don't even know I don't even know why you're going over this again. I know. Everybody knows this. CM Punk was the champion and and in professional wrestling and all of the storylines it's about getting the titles and getting the championships and, and and you know working your way up the ladder and becoming the number one contender and the competition and the ultimate prize is the WWE championship. And John Cena had been champion a zillion times. They took him and they kind of put him over in a corner and they said, we're going to have storylines with John Cena. He's not going to go after the belt because CM Punk has it. He's doing a great job. He's drawing ratings. People love him. He's just going to – we're just going to put John Cena over here. We're going to put him in isolated storylines. Maybe somebody runs and attacks him. And his whole thing is just me versus you. And they're kind of in their own little bubble within the WWE storyline to where – Everything else kind of interconnects, and people have matches with each other and things like that, and everything is kind of woven in. And then over on the side, here's John Cena with his whoever he's fighting that week and, and whoever he's feuding with, and that's his and thing. And his stupid jorts. Yeah, his stupid jorts and, and Fruity Pebbles t-shirts. Um, I feel like that's the video game industry. I feel like everyone is – I mean, you know everyone is talking about Microsoft versus Sony. Nintendo is not a part of that conversation. They are. They're not. They're not. No one cares. Like, people love Nintendo. There's a lot of Nintendo fans. But none of these Microsoft versus Sony people, none of them want a triple threat match. They want a one-on-one hell-in-a-cell match be- between Microsoft and Sony. I don't actually know anything that you just said. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> all I'm saying is... They're in their thing, and there's also the the hardcore PC gamers versus the hardcore console gamers, and they're going at each other. But Nintendo's never a part of that conversation. But keep in mind, John Cena, number one draw for WWE, makes him the most money. He's like a $30 million brand, I think, is what their sales rep told me when they visited a couple weeks ago. Uh, talked to a sales rep. He's like a 30 or 40 or more million dollar brand. He's a very, very big brand. He's the most popular guy, but he's just overdoing his own thing. They didn't need to give him the title. They didn't need to have him feuding and being number one contender and doing all this stuff. He just did his own thing. They put him in his own little isolated pocket, and he just did it. And that's that's kind of Nintendo. Nintendo has not been 
Of course, their sales have not been astronomical lately, but at the same time, they've still got an insanely dedicated fan base who is, like, ravenous. And once they put out a Smash Brothers game or a Metroid game or a new Zelda game, people are going to fly to the Wii U. Like, they're just going to fly off the shelves. And I just feel like Nintendo's fine overdoing their own little thing. I feel like this whole Steambox deal is is just walking right into the middle of the Sony-Microsoft fight and being like, hey, we're here, now what, bitch? Yeah, and as soon as more details come out, I think I think I'll be a little more ready to agree with you. Um, I think that, I think, I, again, talking about this barrier of entry to, to PC gaming, they're just going to have to do a really good job of explaining to people that, hey, it's not going to be as difficult as it used to be. Like, you really will just be able to buy this thing and plug it into your TV and then have access to Steam. Right. And there are some really smart things that I I, I can 95% guarantee you Valve will do. For instance, I think you will buy a Steam box and you will get you will get unlock codes for Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, Half-Life 2. Like, that'll just come standard. But you'll have to go on to Steam. By the way, you can call me, Valve, uh, because, you know, I can be I can be one of your consultants here. Because they're already giving these games away for free, pretty much. Um, but you'll be able to go... You, but the thing is, is they're not on the system. Like, you're going to have to connect the system to the internet and make a Steam ID to download them. And that will get you into the infrastructure, right? Yeah. But you'll get all these... You'll get these these great games, because they're great games. You'll get these great games for free, but that'll, like, introduce you. Hey, this is what our... This is, like, what our catalog page is going to look like. And you're going to be able to see, like, the sales page and, and buy stuff this way, you know? So I just think... I think that their head is, like, in the game. Like, they know what the hell they're doing. Um, and I expect a lot from them. I expect to see them they're gonna be big time in the next few years i have very high expectations very high so on this week's episode we'll talk about what we did this weekend and then what our fans have been playing and then i will do a quick little mini bastion review and then we'll talk about the steam machine and then john will talk about uh, a video game a video game so and actually this is this is actually is it a this is hyper relevant to uh, what's going on right now. Because if you, listener, if you are an Xbox Live Gold member... Oh, God. You, which I don't know how many of you still are, but if you are, you can download right now for free. By the way, did you know that Microsoft is giving away games for free? I did. I got Crackdown. Okay. How did you find out about that? Uh, you? Okay. So if I hadn't told you... Was there any indication anywhere on Xbox or Microsoft or anything anywhere that you could get something for free? I think I saw an announcement in an email since I get Xbox Live emails. I am a gold subscriber through February, I think, is when it runs out. My um, my point is that they have done absolutely nothing to promote these this free game service that they are they're, – they're giving away a free game every month, but they are doing zero – to promote it. They're doing Yeah, virtually nothing. They're doing nothing to let anybody know. So if you don't know this listener, you have access to a game that I have been playing. Uh right now, the current free game is called uh Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. It's a game by Cappy Games, which is this small independent company. Um they had a big buzz at E3 because they announced a game called Below, which is going to be for the Xbox 360. Um, but we don't know much about it other than it's going to be like a roguelike. Um, Ooh. 
Yeah, but any anyway, they uh, it's by a company called Cappy Games, and it's set in the Might and Magic universe. And I know absolutely nothing about the Might and Magic universe. I don't. Yeah, know, like what? I don't know any of these factions that there are in this game. I don't know any of the characters. I know nothing. Um, but I've I had heard really good things about this game, so. I downloaded it a long time ago, but I never got into it, never tried it, and I needed a new one-player game to play that I could jump in and out of quickly. I really would like to get to to, to a game like uh, like Last of Us, but it it just feels like such a commitment. Like I just know I, I if I want to do it, I need to like sit down and at least play for an hour or two at a time to get through it. And I just I'm having a hard time finding those big chunks of time. Right? That's yeah. not important. Um, so I had had this game for a while. You can pick it up on Steam for a song, I'm sure. But right now, again, on Xbox 360 Gold, it is free. Um, and it is a match three game. Uh, it's a, what does that mean? It's a match three game. Um, like Bejeweled. Oh. Like you match three of things. Only the th- is, that, is that the name of a genre now? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Only the three things that you match are units on a battlefield. So the the game has this story that, I don't know, feels kind of ludicrous. And it's not, it's not, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It does, it really doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Um, What matters is that there's five different factions and they each have seven different unit types and the units all behave differently. So you've got this big battlefield that's divided into squares and you can move the bottom of, and they're, they're divided into six columns and you can move the bottom of the column to the bottom of another column. And if you match three units in a row, that unit waits a couple turns and then attacks. And depending on the unit, they have some sort of special ability because again, every unit is like different. Um, So, that is the most like the most base of gameplays. The other thing you can do is you can you can use the whatever the far right button on the controller is to eliminate a unit, eliminate a single unit on the battlefield. The B button? Well, it could be the B button. It could be circle. It could be anything. The red button? Sure. Um, okay, it's B. So, uh, so you can use that to eliminate a single unit, and any units behind it will move up. Well, if you do that, and create a three chain when you do that. So you get rid of that unit and then you create a three chain from getting rid of that unit. When everything moves up, it gives you an extra move. So again, that's, it's, that's the most base of gameplay mechanics, but that by itself is pretty fun. Just streaming together combos, getting a bunch of extra moves. Um, if you get three units in a row horizontally, they make a wall. So they disappear and they turn into a wall that, will oftentimes have some sort of special property and it will like take a bunch of damage before it breaks and the enemy's units come through your units. And so your units will charge up over a period of turns and then eventually they will go forward. They'll run into enemy units that they find and if they hit, they they will, they have a certain combat power and as they hit other enemy units that will, that will go down. And then as soon as it hits the back line, of the enemy forces, it actually damages the main enemy's hit points, right? That's all very technical. The game is, it's a really solid match three concept. The really fun part about the game 
is that there are these five factions because the factions are super different. So like the first faction you play as are the elves and they have, they've kind of your standard, they've got like, you know, archers and they, they enlist bears as, as one of their other units, but they're, they're very, they're elf like in their unit types. Um, they're like your stereotypical elves and like they have, you know, their units have regeneration and, um, and that kind of thing. So um, that's your first unit. And that's really to introduce you to the game. Like it's got – they are like the most basic of hero types. So you get through their quest and every every quest is maybe like five, six hours long because um, there's a bunch of optional stuff to do in most of them as well. And there's five different factions. So that gives you an idea of how long it will take you. Um, but then like the second – the second hero that you play as are the humans and the humans are this like their units are just really defensive for the most part. So I didn't have fun at all playing them, but they played totally different than, than, than the elves did totally different. Like you just, they were all about like, like just building up walls and like getting your forces just, just beefed up and getting the larger units. Cause because again, at its base, it's just match three. But then there are units that takes up. There are like heroic units that take up four hexes, and you have to put four units behind them, and then they they will all make this like giant attack. So like the humans were all about getting those big units on the battlefield and matching behind them, and just letting them do crazy amounts of damage with with single shots to the enemy. Right. Yeah. Well, now I'm playing as the undead, and the undead are. They're all about like swift damage, damage over time, like life steal. Um, their units are, you know, they're they're weaker, but they they tend to do more damage when they attack. Um, yeah. And they've just got some really interesting hero units too. Um, so I'm having like a ton of fun playing them. Um, and I, the game is just it's it was a total surprise because it's a match three game, and I got it because I had heard good things about it. But it's not like I. It's not like it is a it is a genre of game that I am instantly attracted to. It is not one that I am I seek out new games in the match three genre. Um, but I am way pleasantly surprised by it. It is such a well made game. I think my only real complaint is that the AI the AI doesn't necessarily I don't know it doesn't get like any better. So like once you once you kind of figure out how to beat it. Um, you kind of can do it on a consistent basis without a, yeah. without a lot of challenge. Um, the thing is, is that you, you're never really in one faction for too long to where it gets stale because it takes a while to learn each faction and what they do. And they roll out the units at a relatively slow pace. So like it'll be halfway through the, the factions, um, the factions like quest and you'll have finally gotten your last unit. So there's always like more to learn too and practice. And then the units will level up like as a group. So there's a reason to continue to use them in fights because they will level up and become stronger. So that's cool too because it you can only bring three units into battle and then two heroic units. So it gives you an excuse to swap out those heroic units and try other stuff because you can level them up that way. So this isn't a hexagonal grid? No, it's not hexes. It's squares. It is. Uh, I thought you said something about 
They're col- Hexi- ho- columns of squares. No, you said something about hexagons earlier. Or if I did, I misspoke. That or you're mishearing me. That or you're drunk. Oh, my God. It's the alcohol, you isn't it? fucking lush. Yeah. Um, so it – yeah, no, it's squares. It's columns of, of squares. So it's like a puzzle quest. Yeah. Uh, it's – sure. It's like a puzzle quest with completely different mechanics. Um, I am enjoying it more than I enjoyed Puzzle Quest. So it's like a Super Mario 64. Right, Super Mario World 64 too. The Revenge. Yeah, no. Luigi's Luigi's Revenge. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. Let's bring it back in. But yeah, if you're and honestly, if you have an Xbox Live Gold account, you have no excuse not to get this right now because it's going to be free for I think they I think they do it for 2 weeks. So you'll definitely still, if you download this podcast, you know, as soon as we put it up tomorrow, you'll definitely have time to download the game. Well, if you just told the listener we're putting up the podcast tomorrow and the listener's listening today, then you literally just caused a paradox. John? Sorry, I got a nosebleed. <sighs> it begins. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. I recommend it. Get it for free. Uh, and if you... And if you can't get it for free, get it for $5 on Steam. Cause that's and wait, did you get it for free? No, I bought it at some Steam sale a long time ago. We just never played it. I mean, it's been uh, the game has been out for uh, 2008, maybe 2009. I mean, it's, it's an older game. But, but you hadn't played it till recently, right? Right, just like, you know, 50% of my Steam library. Right. Yeah, I'm learning what that's like. Yeah. Because uh, I got Crackdown. Do you, have you heard of Crackdown? I have. In fact, I think I own it, but I never played it. <laughs> Good job. My uh, my buddy Edge got it in college. He was one of my residents when I was an RA. It was like one of his first 360 games, and he was real pumped about it. And I watched him play it, and it felt to me kind of like a Grand Theft Auto with superpowers. A little bit-ish. Yeah, like Saints Row. Yes, yes. Cell-shaded, a little more cartoony. Just really cool. Um, I watched him play it a lot. It looked fun. I played a little bit of it. It was really, really fun. And I got it the other, t- like a couple weeks ago, actually, and I played it for like an hour, and it was it was nigh unplayable. The play control was was just it was offensively bad. It was it was oppressively atrocious. It just I no, you I, just put a bunch of words together that probably. In fact, I know they were not the correct words to use. It was asininely Opp- cyanide. Opp- oppressively atrocious? Yes. <laughs> all right. I think we could all agree that it was oppressively atrocious. It was impressively oppressive. Impressively, oppressively atrocious. Yeah. More adverbs. All right. You have no so, idea. So the point is, is that like it, it it's dated. Is that what you're, it is just that sucks. What you're it <laughs> sucks. It wasn't fun. I don't want to play it again ever. Well, that's hey, you got it for free, so there's not really a lot of complaining you can do, right? No, I know, but it's like Microsoft is giving away garbage. This one's not garbage, though. This one that they're that they're giving away this week is not garbage. And they're giving away garbage that used to retail for fifty bucks. Give me give me a five dollar copy of Worms Two for free, and I'll have fun with that. That's you're you're not wrong at all. That's that actually sounds like a great idea, right? Because that game is based on the multiplayer just get people in fact what the fuck are they thinking give people multiplayer games that they can use on xbox live gold because that's who's getting these games <laughs> oh crackdown is i believe has a multiplayer lobby or whatever 
I just didn't go online because the single player was so bad. Why would I go on the multiplayer? Right, but but to your point, I mean, why wouldn't you give people games that like f- were the best when played with other people online? Because you're you're giving these away to people that are your premium online subscribers. I don't know why wouldn't you give people any notice that they have free games available to them? That's a good point. Like. Like I said, I, I think I saw something mentioned in one email, but, like, I usually delete their emails so fast. That it's There's no announcement on Xbox Live. If you go into 360 on the home tile, there's no, like, download a free game this week. And that's dumb, because that is that is absolutely where it should be. It should be your splash screen. Yeah. They're like, we're going to do what Sony did, only worse. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of exactly what they're doing. It kind of really is. That's kind of upsetting. So yeah, get that, Lister. It's really good. All right, cool. What's it called? Heroes of Might and Magic? Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. That's what I said. Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. You said nothing even close. That's fine. Whatever. <sighs> it's a good show. So we have a... So, yeah, what? It was a good show. What was... What show? The, the show... Well, the show we did, or doing... It's not a show. show. Wait, what is it? If you don't see anything. That's not true. That's not the different. It's a good show. So after... There there uh, are radio shows. It was a good program. It was a good program. After John reviews Might and Magic Mystical Heroes of Twilight, uh, we will talk about a sweepstakes that has been ongoing for a while now, as well as... uh, Oh, wait, no, that's pretty much the end of the episode, isn't it? Yeah, no, it really is. That's why I said it's been a pretty good program. So we have offered... So here's what happened. I went to, long story short, if, you, if you're new to this podcast, first of all, welcome, and thank you for listening, and, and we really hope you enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed the part where it was over, and I didn't have to keep listening to John. It's funny, because I enjoy the times where I don't have to talk to you ever again. So it, Yeah, so we're, it's interesting. we're happy. We, we're having fun. We hope you also had fun. If you didn't, then, I don't know, f*** off and die. I don't care. So, um, no, don't really do that. Just... Just stop listening if you if you hate this. Yeah. You, you listen. In fact, how'd you make it this far if you hate us? Listen to something that you like better. Yeah. That sounds, sounds good. Uh, anyways isn't a word. Uh, if you're new to this this uh, cast of the pod variety, um, you, you, you've missed the fact that I went to E3 over the summer and I got some Plants vs. Zombies 2 swag when I was there in the form of plantable paper coins um, so this is, I guess, what you would consider, a, in, in addition to a, uh, it all comes in a Plants vs. Zombies 2, essentially, dice bag. We'll call it a dice bag, because there's probably another name for it, but I don't care. And you know what a dice bag is, so there you go. Uh, I got this this cool little promotional thing, I'm, I'm guessing very highly collectible, because it was an E3 thing, and I, I, I said, I'll give it away, if you write us a nice iTunes review. We'll give it away to somebody who has written a nice little iTunes review. And we have had some people rate us on iTunes since this announcement, which is great. And thank you so much for giving us uh, five stars. And a couple of you have written reviews, which is fantastic. You have been entered to win. Um, This promotion didn't really ever get any traction the first, like, three weeks we were running it. So uh, uh, we never really set any dates or, like, definitive rules or anything. I was kind of hoping in October to give away my Xbox 360 copy of Left 4 Dead 2 because I don't play it anymore and Halloween's coming up and I thought that might, I don't know, get us a new audience. Um, But 
Because we're running a little behind on the whole promotional schedule thing, I'll hold off on that till this is done. So for Plants vs. Zombies 2, um, if you can uh, go ahead and just write us an iTunes review by Wednesday, October 9th, uh, night, Wednesday, October 9th, 2013. Why do I keep saying that? Wednesday, October 9th. I don't find it, I don't find it funny at all. Yeah. I'm not laughing at all. I'm laughing, literally, I'm, I have to stop myself from, from irately, idiosyncratically, uh, laughing on my end. Do you ever reach a point where you're so tired you literally don't know what you're saying anymore? Yeah, that seems to be you on every episode of this podcast. We probably should. But especially right now. Like, I don't know what we were just talking about. We probably should let you sleep more before you record. Oh, Bastion. So, what I liked a lot about Bastion is, at its core, because of the narration and how solid it is, it's kind of like you're playing, but it's also like an audio storybook. You know? Yeah, I think we can all agree uh, agree on that. Like, the guy, I mean, he's just telling a story throughout, and so, like, you're playing, and you're, the the combat's a little kind of mindless at times, but you're doing it, and you're listening to a story, so you're engaged the whole time. And not in, like, a Bioshock engaged, where you have to find stuff and pick it up, and then maybe listen while you're in firefights, but in, like, a, they lower the music and take enemies away, so you can actually listen to story. Did, did we just transport, did we just, like, transport back 45 minutes? Time in the game so that's that's what i like the most about bastion so um if you want to write us an itunes review please do it by uh wednesday october 9th uh (laughs) and on that episode john and i will uh put your names in a hat or do something and determine which of you itunes reviewers will win the plants vs zombie swag and then you'll just have to reach out to us with your contact information so i can mail it to you and congratulations and based on how many Google Plus followers we earn in the next month or so, maybe I'll give away Left 4 Dead 2 on Xbox 360. Leave a comment on this podcast or or email us or something if you want that to happen. Because, I don't know, I think that's a pretty cool giveaway, personally. I, I think it's great. And enjoy some horror movies this October. There's a ton of stuff streaming on Netflix. Highly recommend it. Uh, I, they usually add a bunch of new movies. Again, you heard last episode how big of a horror buff that I am. Maybe it was two episodes ago. But... Uh, yeah, they usually add a few extra movies during October on Netflix. Yeah. Did you you're married? <laughs> I am. Do you decorate your house with any seasonal decorations? Yes. See, I I do for Christmas. I put up a Christmas tree every year I've lived not with my parents or whatever. I do I have like one or two other things I think. For Christmas, pretty much, but pretty much nothing else. And this year I was in CVS, and I was just getting, like, I went to get one thing. And I saw those pumpkin buckets that you trick-or-treat with. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I just go, you know what? God It's It's October. I'm getting a f***ing Halloween pumpkin bucket. And I bought one, and I bought $20 worth of candy. I filled that f***er up, and it's sitting in my living room now, and I could not be happier. I will say that that having having a wife like you're not allowed to buy like the the cheap dollar decorations anymore. So like when we buy decorations they 
now are a little nicer, and we just don't have as many. Is typically what it boils down to now. Well, there you go. So, well, th- mine was a dollar twenty-five. Thank you. Yeah. So we've got some we've got some cool stuff, but we don't have a lot of cool stuff that we put up at the holidays. Yeah, I was just curious because I I've never really done much for Halloween before, but this year I was just like, you know what, I'm doing this. Oh, Halloween's the best. The decorations for Halloween are the best. Yeah. Well, I gotta start anyway. So, um, listener, honestly, I am tired as sh. Uh, it. I've not gotten any sleep in the last week because, uh, and this is relevant to the podcast and to you, listener, because uh, at my job I've been working on this giant uh, project for for. For a client, I have no idea how much detail I'm allowed to give, so I won't. But you will see a link to a YouTube channel on our Google Plus page probably today, the day we post this podcast, possibly sometime later this week. Check it out. It's a huge project that I I put a substantial amount of work into, and it kind of has a gamey component to it. You can kind of play with it. You kind of enter stuff and and get delivered stuff, and you'll get it when you look at it. But keep an eye out for that, and I promise after this episode, I will be more awake because John and I will be able to record on a Monday instead of a Tuesday, which will give me time to edit and sleep before I edit and lots of other great perks that will make this podcast more enjoyable to listen to. I had no idea that you actually edited this show. (sighs) That's because you don't listen to the show. Well, you know technicalities did you at least listen to the intro last week or the outro because those are always funny i've listened to all of those yes those are always funny and i want to call out every episode the last four episodes i've heard your dog shaking its collar yeah dogs do that all right so listener if you're wondering what that is no i can't edit that out you could i mean you could if you were better you could if i were better but do i look better nope I am so tired, I literally will not stop talking until you make me. Thanks for joining us, listener. We'll we'll see you next time. You didn't make me. I I need you to stop talking. (laughs) For the love of God. Why? You don't work tomorrow. You don't have anything to worry about. I can't. I can't disagree. It's so hot in my bedroom. You sound like you might start crying soon. It's It's so hot in my bedroom. It's going to be okay. I don't know why it's so hot in my bedroom. It's cold outside, but it's f***ing hot in my bedroom. You can open the window. No, I can't because then there's noise that I can't edit out because I'm not good enough. <laughs>